0: And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you browse homeowner reviews, compare quotes from multiple local pros, and even book a service instantly. So the next time you have a home project, just Angie that and start getting the most out of your home. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: Welcome to the id 10 podcast number 1126. Hey, it's time to talk about you, the ID10T community events at id10t.com. Like Jordan who writes, well, I've done it. After nearly eight years of listening to the podcast, I finally started my own podcast. It's called The Gallifreyan Files, and it's an excuse for me, a black, blind, and agender nerd, to ramble about Doctor Who. I'm currently working through the 10, quote, most disappointing, then 10 best stories, according to Gizmodo's 2015 ranking of all the stories from 1963 onward. I'm so excited that I'm putting my opinion into the world and not just talking back to my podcast listening device. Uh, The podcast is available. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and Google Play. Uh Jordan, what a fantastic thing that you're doing. I mean, yes, you know, like, I think any of us who started a thing were fans first. And then we were like, you know what, I think I wanna make a thing now. So uh congratulations on um, coming to the side of content creator, um, your podcast sounds fantastic. And what a great structure to march through um, all the episodes from that list and to weigh in on it. Maybe you'll agree with some of it, maybe you won't. And that's why uh, people should listen. And then also, you know, uh, remember why they loved uh, Doctor Who and, and maybe where to start if they're thinking about uh, diving in to, you know, 60, almost 60 years of uh, <laughs> of Doctor Who episodes. Uh, and I do believe that I'm going to guess that there are probably more than a few Doctor Who fans uh, who listen to this podcast. So, uh, again, it's called The Gallifreyan Files. And uh, check it out wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much, Jordan, for submitting events at ID10T.com. For anyone else who wants to uh, get your stuff up on the corkboard. Let's talk about this episode Sam Richardson who is a brilliant actor and an amazing comedy writer and performer. Um he's been in such fantastic stuff. Um Sam uh was a co-creator and a writer and a producer and an actor on Detroiters um he was on Veep uh for 3 or 4 years um he is in the Tomorrow War which uh, just came out today July 2nd um and also uh he came on the podcast to promote Werewolves Within which looks fantastic um, it's in theaters now. It's on digital rental rental, and VOD July 2nd, which is also today. Um, and uh, it just looks great. So I highly recommend it. It's like a – well, it's basically like a, a, I, like a, a dark comedy horror uh, movie about werewolves. And uh, I'm really excited about it. So um, thank you so much, Sam, for coming on the podcast. And also Sam has a, a – an encyclopedic knowledge of of television from the last several decades, which we talk about. um, Also has a background in um, comedy sketch and uh, improv. So um, just a really, really great, super funny dude. And uh, it was a real joy to have him on. So here we go. The ID10T podcast number 1126 with Sam Richardson as we roll the thing. Initiating ID10T protocol.
0: Uh, Chris, how are you? <laughs> okay,
1: how are you? I'm also okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to see you too. I, I was just thinking the other day, I, I remember taking this picture. I think it was at a Comedy Central upfront in maybe 2017. Yes. Were you in that? I think you I might have been in that. that. I was in that. It was like literally everyone who was on the channel at the time. And I think the only person in that picture who's still on the channel is Trevor. And literally everyone else (laughs) is not there. Wiped clean. That's so true. (laughs) Completely. I was just talking to my producer, Katie, before you hopped on. And we were talking about, she was like, man, I love Detroiters. And I go. It would have been so awesome if there was like five or six seasons of of that show for when pandemic happened on Netflix. Like, yeah, people would have watched the shit out of it, you know. And I said, yeah, but you have to understand, in the four years that At Midnight was on, Jon Stewart left, Stephen Colbert left, John Oliver left, Key and Peele left, Amy Schumer left. Workaholics finished. Like your <laughs> yeah. show, like literally the whole identity of the channel with just in a four-year period, just cleared out. Yeah, that's so true.
0: That's so true. And, like, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, yeah, Trevor's there. Trevor's there, yeah. Uh, and, like, if there was nobody there from South Park, it was like, Trevor in South Park is, like, it. <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> but it was fun. It was a really fun time, and I remember that being a really, like, to me, it sort of felt like uh, – I don't know if you ever watched – I know you watched a lot of TV growing up because I saw your thing on Conan where you did all the theme songs. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Laugh Olympics? Do you know what Laugh Olympics? Oh were? yeah, yeah. All okay. the uh, Hanna Barbera. Uh... Okay. Yeah. So for me, that was like being in Laugh Olympics, it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's oh, hey, there's Amy and there's Trevor and there's, you know, there's Ricky yeah. and, and Natasha and, you know, <laughs> Broad City. The Broad City was there. Broad City was there, too. So
0: it was, yeah, I I was we're like all that. in character the whole time, too.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it's it's it's, the, it's that moment where you're like where you're a fan of everyone. So you're like, holy shit. And then you realize, like, oh, I kind of work like we all I think <laughs> yeah. I'm part of this. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like looking at that. I don't remember the last time I looked at that photo, but it was like really a cool thing to see. I was like, "Oh, these are my contemporaries." Like, I'm, I'm just like watch because I, I mean, I've, I've always watched Comedy Central. You know what I mean? I, and so, like, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, ooh, cool." A Comedy Central photo, like a bunch of oh no, I'm there and so Tim.
1: And like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have a show. Like, you're you're in it. You are <laughs> you are boy. you are part of you are Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's... Oh. I was surprised that because some of the theme songs that you seem to know by heart are they predate you. Yes. So, so that means that you, I I felt a kinship to you because I was also a devoted TV fanatic. Yeah. A lot of TV trivia floating around in my head that take the place of things like people's names that I know now or where my keys are. 100%. (laughs) So, uh, what, what you, so you just nonstop. Je- like, absorbed as much television as possible.
0: Yes, truly. Like, and I was—I th- I think I saw a, uh, it was like a meme or, or something we're talking about, like, how kids will never understand uh, the idea of just, like, watching a show because it's on, mm-hmm. you know? Because, like, it's just like, what was on TV was what was, I was watching. So I'm, like, watching Dear John and I'm watching, you know, It's a Living
1: you, you know, you know, like, <laughs> oh, oh, my God, that show. It's a living. living.
0: <laughs> it Lifestyle like, the God. French Riviera.
1: They were like cocktail waitresses, right? It was like yep was exactly. like and and this whole... And they were just like snarky cocktail waitresses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, God. I completely i there I completely forgot that show existed. There were some weird fucking shows,
0: yes, so weird, but to me, I was like yeah that's that's just television, you know
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> do you, having absorbed so much television, can you imagine doing anything else? <laughs> no,
0: no, I got my ten thousand hours uh, <laughs> just sitting in front of the screen you
1: know? so let's see if you were born in Probably, I'm guessing, in the mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you caught... Indurably. mid. Okay, so you, you sort of caught... You you must have caught the comedy boom, like the 80s, the full-on, like... Like, I still occasionally will watch some of the old Dangerfield Young Comedian specials. Oh, Ow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And just see, like, you know, oh, what happened to that? Oh, we're there, they're still working. Oh, you know, they die. You know, just kind of, like, going through. Mm-hmm. Were you as obsessed with stand-up, or were you, was it... Was uh, it more like just sketch and
0: and uh, a, a bit? I wasn't like super obsessed with, with stand up, but I would always like remember watching like a Star Search and seeing a stand up on there, and then being like, "Oh, I know him from Star Search," you know, like
1: <laughs> 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 such a weird show. I mean, like <laughs> we have AGT now, but AGT is sort of like except for when they're doing the auditions. Like when people are on AGT, they're generally like, "Well, these are the." these are kind of the best people at what they do right and Star Search was like let's roll the dice
0: you know let's so roll the dice let's see this guy says he can juggle all right
1: <laughs> two stars two
0: stars three and a half stars two and three quarter stars
1: but Star Search was really Yelp for performing <laughs> <laughs> it was in time <laughs> two stars would not watch again <laughs> <laughs> I love your career because it's you 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 you've had this really great parallel between being a creator and also and being a creator of good shows and good content and also just being on good stuff you know like it's yeah, yeah. it's kind of a nice and it feels at least from what i gather you never know what people's actual journey is unless you really sit down and talk to them at length. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seems like right out of the gate, you were working on really cool stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was very, I was very fortunate, like uh, coming out to LA. Uh, Cause like the very first thing I worked on the very like first uh, Hollywood set was Arrested Development.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it was incredible. And I'm like working with Jason Bateman you know, and then and then right after that, and it aired before the rest development. But I was I had a, a series recurring on The Office, mm-hmm. so like it's just like straight up. I got to work on two amazing shows, yeah, which I like <laughs> is unheard of. I mean, that's not to say that I just like showed up to L.A. with like two suitcases and was like and a dream, you know. Yeah. But uh, I like definitely uh i know there was a queue that i could have been standing in for a long time and i was like fortunate enough to kind of get to straight up just show you know my stuff like right off the bat
1: (laughs) but you also your background is second city isn't it second city yeah yeah so you you had at least you had sort of like a comedy pedigree training coming in that people were already aware of i mean there's definitely like a oh you know like there's whether it's second city or UCB or, or groundlings or whatever, it it definitely helps not only open doors, but, but the, but the performance track y'all are on in those programs is so insane that you're so, I mean, do you think, do you feel like, it seems like you're so hyper prepared and trained to get dropped into anything at a moment's notice. 100%
0: and like going through even like my background from, I I first started second city when I was uh, 16 in Detroit Uh, and in Detroit. So I came up through there and then like, by the time I was like working on the stages and like performing and like getting paid to do it, you know, uh, understudying the main stage and then performing on the main stage. uh, The Detroit audiences for sketch and improv were very blue collar. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely, like, uh, resistance training because you had to get out there, you had to get them on your side immediately, you know? So there was no, like, sort of... uh, We had to, like, pair the art with, like, just grind, you know? So we had to, like, get out there and, like, know... We had to get a laugh within, like, the first three lines. Otherwise, we'd be in trouble. Uh, And then from that, then we, like, like, learn how to, like, kind of that then, then we get comfortable in it you know so, but like when you're first starting I, I feel like people come up in chicago or like I- improvising in chicago it was different you know it was like the, the audiences already expect you know they're already like "Ooh, this is second city so i know i'm gonna give them the patience because they're gonna they're gonna find something they're improvising so ooh, i wonder what magic happens from this but in detroit they're like this yeah. better be, I should, hmm, I paid $30 for this.
1: <laughs> I know that, And that's such an interesting thing about comedy is because audiences are not aware that they have just a little bit of work to do. And that little bit of work is just being open to just, they have to just, they don't have to meet you halfway. They just have to meet you a little bit of the way. You know, like if you see, if you know that people are having more fun in the audience, you're funnier because you're feeding off that energy.
0: Exactly that, you know, and like especially like live comedy and in theater, like like the show will be better because we feed off of each other. You know, like the laughs or like just the attentive energy. uh, You're so receptive to that. I remember I got so much better. uh, I mean, I I I feel like I I, one moment where I sort of felt my uh, improv and like my comedy. And my acting kind of like ramped up a notch. Was I was performing uh, on the touring company Second City in Chicago, and I uh, <laughs> I'd always knew I n- knew I needed glasses, <laughs> but then I got glasses and contacts, and all of a sudden I was on stage and I could see faces, and I was like, Oh my god! <laughs> like, <it's just> <laughs> <laughs> like ah, you oh okay. And you, I can see you respond to this moment, and you respond to this moment. I can wrap that up, but I see that you hate this, so I'm going to actually do that more because I like to see that for me, you know?
1: Oh, my God. That whole time you were performing partially blindfolded, and you had no idea. It's
0: exactly. It's just like a blur. I was like, oh, I guess this is what it is, you know? People are just – and maybe that also was, like, helpful for me to, like, get comfortable on stage that I didn't even know it. It's like, imagine everybody in their underwear. and it's like, they're just like a blur. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure you do it you hear sounds know, they and...
1: can't see each other's express. i don't know how oh 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 it's just me it was just my eyes okay <laughs>
0: yeah exactly well
1: oh, 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 this is how people are supposed oh shit oh my god <laughs>
0: oh i see oh okay yeah 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 no they, they, i can see teeth and things now we and
1: and those, let's just redo those other shows we should just go redo all the other ones right <laughs> in half last. can we do that is that right we do that can we go back that, that is such a that's such an amazing Place to train like that environment is such an amazing environment to train in because you know I always I would always say like L.A. is not the best place in the world to learn comedy because you're essentially performing for other performers which can be fun because but but they're all sort of the shows a lot of the shows are very inside because inside baseball because everyone is kind is somewhat in the same boat but when you go to a place that does not have the entertainment industry as its core industry. You get a random assortment of people, and and all of the bad ha- all of the habits that I learned on stage, learning comedy in L.A., turned out were bad habits. And uh, you know, people in Indianapolis don't really care about your audition story. It turns out because right, they right. have not been on auditions.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, cool! I audition for a play in high school once. You know, I mean, <laughs> like yeah. this, like it's yeah. funny,
1: but I don't know why you're telling this now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thirty dollars. <laughs>
0: so, and know- like, it feels like also the same. Like on that same note, like a di- or, or uh, learning improv in LA, uh, it feels like it's automatically uh, a rung in a many ladder, a many step ladder. You know, whereas like if you're learning improv in Michigan or in Chicago, that's like the that that is the brass ring. You know what I mean? Like doing the, fit thi- like, like, so I feel like in LA people learn it because I gotta learn this so I can't audition for TV and I can audition right. for movies. Whereas, like, in Michigan or in Detroit, you're learning improv so you can perform improv. Right. You know? And I mean, right. that's not, of course, it's not across the board. That's not like, you know, everybody who, in LA or, like, in New York or whatever, because there's so many brilliant, some of the best improvisers in the world, like, started and, like, are yeah. from there. But it, it feels like the, the eyes kind of look past that. And, I, and you get so many people in classes in, in LA where their agents told them to take an improv class. Right, you know? right. Versus but like it, in Detroit, it's like, oh, I know, I, I know Second City, I know improv. I want to come and perform. I here.
1: want to do improv, not just sharpen my skills. I mean, improv training is amazing for anything, I think, just because of the way it forces you to just commit and also work as a team. Mm-hmm. Which as stand ups you know we're i'm we're not always good at doing because we're just so used to sort of being in charge of the environment and you know and but but it's such amazing it's such amazing training, but I think it's that way in l a because when after when the comedy boom ended at about ninety two but then like all but then there were all these sitcoms like Seinfeld and Home Improvement, and they were basically stand up centric uh shows. Yep. Then there was this like rush for like comedians were getting deals left. Like you would just need to have, you needed to have like a tonight show set or like a type five to get a deal. And so then it was incentivized in the nineties to just have like, you know, who, what's who, what we didn't use the word brand, but that's basically what it was. Like mm-hmm. what's your point of view in five minutes on stage as the basis for a sitcom go. Right. And it read this kind of weird other, type of comedy that was very short form Uh and very like punchy and like, here's who I am. And just a few jokes. And, and again, sort of like you were saying without necessarily pursuing stand up as the art, but more of, like you said, it's like a me as a commerce, like as a means to an end, Uh which is a slightly different, you know, and I'm not saying one's better than the other, but it was just a, it was just a slightly different iteration of the comedy that you would see, if you went to Detroit or Indianapolis or Reno or whatever, which is just like, I worked all day. I don't, you know, I don't want, I'm, I just want to turn over my time to you right now Mm -hmm. and not have to think about anything other than, you know, having fun. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. That do you miss the live performance? I do sometimes, but then like sometimes when I, when I do it again, sometimes I'm always like, Oh, I've got this pressure on me because like, like I don't do it so often. So I feel like when you're getting your reps and you're performing every day, you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to do another show tomorrow or this one goes – you're not even thinking about, like, before or after. You're just like, I'm doing it. But when you haven't improvised in three months, you're like, oh, man, I haven't improvised in three months. Oops! And then you're in it, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yes, and uh, 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 aliens. (laughs) Shit. Oh, God, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah, Uh,
0: And then there's like, it feels like there's a pressure also where everybody's like, don't worry, everything this guy's going to say is going to be A1 hilarious. So hmm. That's kind of like opened a jar. (laughs) Maybe it's like a funny jar.
1: (laughs) Hmm. No. (laughs) This is, uh, this jar is not that, I've seen funnier jars. I don't understand. What's the jar you're. No freaking snakes even popped out of it. What? Okay. Which, as we all agree, is the funniest kind of jar. It is the
0: funniest kind of jar. <laughs> like, maybe some sort of, like, fart jar, but I don't know if we have that technology yet.
1: You know what? Farts in the bottom, snakes in the top. Why have we not made the snake fart jar? I mean, my God. It's, we I mean, we're, we could be millionaires. Could Someone's be- going to invent something like that and be, a, what did your dad do? He invented it. I don't like to talk about it. What is it? Wow. <laughs> have you ever seen those fucking jars that fart? Oh, my God, the snake fart jar. That- snake uh- fart jar. Your dad's snake fart jar guy? What up. I don't want to talk about it. You have snake fart money. I don't. I don't want to talk about this.
0: You have a responsibility. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we've been making these for six generations. <laughs> the family line of snake fart just never, they were able to corner the, I don't know though. It You know, like it, I always wonder for, as you've gotten significantly more recognizable and famous in the last handful of years, what you sort of said is that pressure of like, you know, when, when when you're a young performer and people don't know who you are, you sort of feel like, oh, I can, you know, whatever. I, there's no expectation. I can, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you feel any, do you really kind of feel that pressure sometimes if, if you were to get on stage? Like, I, you know, these people probably, they know who I am. And is that, does that affect the choices that I make? Or like, because you can't really have any fear or roadblocks, especially when you're doing improv. You have to just be free flowing. Yeah.
0: You know, and I, 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 feel I do feel that, and then like there's, there's at least there's a couple steps to like not feel that anymore, and but then like that whole time I'm feeling that I'm like, oh, but I'm feeling this, and then that in those moments I'm not in the moment, you right. know. So like, the whole time I'm aware of myself, and like part of it is that like, you have to be unaware, you have to just completely be blank, and like of course like you know the frameworks of how scenes and improv and like the ma- and like the macro view of the show and all that works, but for that second even where I'm like kind of double thinking, I'm like, Oh, well I haven't, I haven't entered the scene in like two scenes. All right, now I've got, now I've got to come on the top of the scene. And now I've, and you're like, Oh no, 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 no. Just improvise. Just, you're, you're watching the show and you're in the, you're part of the show. But like that sort of, uh, that, that sort of delay and that awareness, I feel like kind of <laughs> uh, echo chambers itself. Right, you know, but then once I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, that's right. This is what I I love this so much. I dedicated my life to this for well, years where the and years.
1: Comes in too, where you just where you can let go and then know, like, oh, that's right. I've done this for years. I know how to do this, and mm-hmm. I used to just like get out of your head.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: How much was um was Detroiters partially improvised or? Was it- uh, no,
0: we mostly scripted it, but we, we would like improvise in the right. Cause we were, you know, we, right. we wrote the whole thing. So, uh, and, and not, not, the, the two of us didn't just write it. There was four of us who created the show and then we'd have a writer's room, but we, the four of us were in there every day. And like Tim and I would just kind of talk the lines and yeah. like kind of get it to where we knew we wanted it. There were some things that were like improvised uh, but for the most part, we like kind of knew exactly what we wanted to... Right.
1: This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500 Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just
0: order your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety-five at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's B Y T E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Do you prefer that experience to like, you know, you know, Veep, you show up on the show, which is just a murderer's row of like the funniest people in comedy, and they go, Oh, here you go. And you just show up and you don't have to worry about edits or you don't have to worry about takes or you don't have to worry about you just show up and you get to perform and do a, the thing,
0: you know. Yeah. Uh, both. Uh, you know, I I cause I appreciated doing that on Veep so much because I was able to just kind of be Richard Splat and like kind of just like get the size and like kind of know. That my, All right, this is this is what I get. to like singularly focus on and like time myself to everybody else. But I'm, I I have no responsibility for any, anybody else but myself. I don't have to look at this and like go check the monitors and be like, oh how, no, that's not my job. My job is just to do this, which. I I fully love that. But, like, Detroit's was great, though, because, like, every part of it, which is also a part of its frustration, is, like, <laughs> every single decision, every single moment and like, word and line or, like, in, in, even out into the edit was, like, oh, I I know every decision being made here. You don't even think about it, but you come to set and you're, like, what color is it, the tablecloth? I'm, like, oh, I don't know. It's a tablecloth, right? Like... Well, no, we got to know. Do you want green? Do you want green checkered? Do you want? I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> but Then, but then like you, but but of course you have to answer that question. Cause then like all of a sudden then everybody else, then everything, nothing matches, you know? But it, it, there's, a, there's a, certainly a sense of like full ownership when you've done something like that, you know?
1: Yeah, but then they but then you go they go, well, oh, it could be green or green checkered, fine green checkered. Well, that's gonna strobe with the camp. Why did you offer that as an option? What'd you ask?
0: Why'd you ask?
1: Yes, yeah, exactly. I don't know, make it orange. Well, I don't know, the floor is orange. That's gonna, I don't know. I just I just want to make jokes. I just wanna make jokes. I don't know how to build a kitchen set. I just I thought that just happened. I don't You know, like coming up to Harry Anderson and saying, what shape is your gavel? It's gavel shaped.
0: I don't know. Uh, I'm doing a magic trick. What are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, come on. I can't. My thumb's disconnecting here. Uh What's What's the, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I do. I do. I miss I mean, I guess just because it's a time that we grew up in where where sitcoms were absolute king, you know? Mm -hmm. But it does feel like now the traditional sitcom is not dead, but it's not not as much a thing, you know? Like, it's just not that, you know, everyone's watching this one episode, and it's like, it's comedy on, it's Thursday night, and it's fucking, you know, it just... Yeah. I don't know. I kind of miss those days. Me me too, you know, and
0: like, like uh yeah, as TVs evolve, like sort of like the multicam TV shows aren't as prevalent or as popular and that sort of thing. But there was something to like, you know, you watch home improvements and you know like your band of players and they're gonna be in this house and they're gonna go in that garage and they're gonna go to uh uh Benford too, they're gonna go to the uh tool time set. Uh, and then you're going to get some advice from uh, Wilson and like, you like, you get, there's a comfortability, you know? And like, you're like, Oh, come Halloween, it's going to be an amazing Halloween episode where right. he's going to like make a haunted house. And it's going to be it's like, that sort of thing that doesn't exist or at least it's, it's, it's not what the television experience fully is anymore. And I do miss that. And like, as a kid, I was like, Oh, I'm well, one day, I'm going to get to be on a sitcom like that. You know? I wanna, yeah. And I don't, and I, you know, now I don't think that's, the case at least not for me
1: have you pitched a, have you pitched like a traditional four camera sitcom before I, I have not
0: i uh because <laughs> always all my 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 uh whenever i start like thinking about like okay how about this would be like a a four camera sitcom and i'm like i am always i always go so genre i'm like how about this one roommate is a secret agent another one's a superhero but one's a dracula and then the other one, and I'm like, no, it's too much stuff. I, like I, want. I want, to do that so bad. I,
1: listen, I was in. I don't know why no. I would have. I would agree. I would agree greenlit that show, but not. You know, I don't think, and I don't even think you mean like a vampire, like a a descendant of Dracula. Not Dracula. Dracula, he's of the
0: Dracula family.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am. A, no, I'm actually a. I know that you like. You use that as like a like a term to describe it but i'm actually descended from (laughs) vlad dracul like i'm you know i don't appreciate the i am a drac i'm a literal dracula
0: i'm a i'm a dracula like i know you're saying like oh like a rockefeller i mean he's rich no my name is doug rockefeller i am
1: am. do you pitch this show and call it literal dracula i don't i mean i don't I, i think it right i just based on the Based on the title, that would have sold the show in the 90s. One title. That's all you need. The
0: title, exactly. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, I, I don't, you know, do you, do you like the, I mean, obviously, I think you were on, I think you were on Veep for maybe three, three and a half full seasons. Right?
0: Uh, I came in season three and then I, and I was, I was on, I, so I did uh, four, I, so, so four, five, six,
1: seven, so I did four full seasons. Four, four two full seasons. Or You've actually done a pretty full sitcom, like a full comedy run. Mm-hmm. But those, those things where you're like, you know, we all, when we first start, we all want to get on a show. I want to get on a show. I want to get on a show. But then you don't really think about like, and you were very, it's very cool that you were on an amazing show. But what if you get stuck on a show you're not crazy about? It's like, well, I should be appreciative because it's hard to get jobs. Right. But, there, but this isn't ending anytime soon. And maybe not as creatively like the, those, the, the sort of the, the twilight zone blessing and a curse. Here's what you, here's the thing you always wanted, but it's not great. And now you're stuck in it. You're like, no, this
0: like, is, no, oh, no. By the time you're done with this, you'll be 52. I'm like, Oh, uh, no. you know,
1: <laughs> uh, you won't be able to do anything else because it's the nineties and everyone will only recognize you as this one character. Yeah. No, like, Oh no. Oh no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, I did, I didn't win the lottery though. Right.
1: Right. Right. You're like, oh, money, money makes you happy. Money fills the void. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> huh? It is, it is really incredible to think about, you know, like when we think about like Lucille Ball, we think, like, oh my God, Lucille Ball was when, you know, she had, I love Lucy. And then a couple other shows, but literally, uh, when you think about Julia Louis-Dreyfus, it's like pretty much everything she's almost ever done has been some kind of a huge... A huge... Like a huge... All distinct from each other, all distinct characters, and all brilliant, and all like incredibly successful, each in their own right. It's like, it's mind-blowing. Truly.
0: Like that hit ratio is unfathomable. Like everything like like Seinfeld were the greatest sitcoms of all time, you know, and then uh uh new adventures of old christine like like she's been loud and awarded for all of these shows, yeah you know? it's it's remarkable, and then, like you when you bring up lucy like it's 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 Julia and Lucy who are like tied for
1: most Emmys, I think oh wow, yeah wow that's that's really cool she's i i I was so i met her briefly i got to present at the emmys one of the many years that she won (laughs) and we were walking off stage and i said it'd be really funny if you had just gone ugh, i'm so sick of these and then just thrown it on the ground and she was like oh that's pretty funny and even just that little bit of validation like fed me for weeks (laughs) yeah but it's true that it just like if you're julia louis drivers and you have that many awards like at a certain point, you're like, just you have to put some of them in the closet. This is embarrassing. Like, I, right. if I have these out, people are going to think I'm, you know, like I don't. <laughs> it's too much at this point. It's too much.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's like a a uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, a, like a hamper full of them. Just
1: <laughs> that's the Emmy hamper. I just I that, where they get. I just thought I put them there to get cleaned.
0: Yeah, just exactly. Like that, that was like dirty, so you know, I like swap them out. <laughs>
1: But she was also on that epic season of SNL that had her and Billy Crystal and Christopher Guest and Harry Shearer and Martin Short. I mean, it was just like, it, she has really been a part of so much historical television. Enter- I mean, one of those shows would be like, wow, she did it. She fucking <laughs> did it. And it's just like thing after thing after thing after thing. Uh, she's
0: she's uh, otherworldly, like in her approach, and like you, you talk to her about anything, you know. You're like, oh, like watching her uh, as a producer on Veep, and like for the table reads, and that, like, the notes that she like has, like, you know, like like or the ideas. You're like, oh, yes, that's why you're doing louis Dreyfus. Your brain is tuned to the fucking super levels of comedy that are to most people like you wouldn't even think about because it's the subtlety of things you know what i mean and and it's the subtlety but then also like like like, oh what would be funny here is the height difference between jonah and julia so like that's a a level of comedy that you're like oh yes you see that and you (laughs) play into that at the same time as you're like the, the the dynamics it's re- it, was, I, it was it was a full uh comedy workshop every day on set
1: it, 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 and it's also good that there are Julia louis dreyfusses in the world because it's very easy when you're in your own environment a lot and you kind of get comfortable with what you're doing you're like ah, I got it. I I know I got this all figured out and then you see like a true master at something and then you go oh I am not that <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, dude, I have a lot. I don't even know if I'll ever. I I That is way beyond. I don't even know how a person gets to that level.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Um, did I read that you went to a Jesuit high school?
0: I did. I went to uh, uni- uh, the University of Detroit Jesuit High School and
1: Academy. Uh, I, U of I also went to a Jesuit high school. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I went to two because my family moved. Did you guys have Jug as punishment? Jug. Jug. Justice under God, Mr. God.
0: and then it was Mr. Gumble ran jug ran jug. So sometimes we Justice under Gumble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and was your jug just like cleaning whiteboards and banging erasers and cleaning? Ours was,
0: was even just really just sitting in a room. So we just like sit at the desks and like kind of just be in silence. Oh, uh, we had to clean shit. Oh, we didn't. And I, w- I, w- I wouldn't mind getting a jug either because I developed the, the ability to kind of like sleep with my eyes open. <laughs> 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 so I would just like sit there and like, just go into space, like just there and be like, <laughs> somebody said, I watched you. And it was so creepy. And I
1: was like, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> did you study Latin in high school?
0: <clears throat> uh, no, I did French. Ah. And I don't speak a lick of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Does anyone retain their high school language?
0: No, I don't think so. I don't. I really don't think so. I, the only way I could think is like maybe somebody who t- studied uh, like high school Spanish in California, like you have a chance to use it. You
1: know? Yeah, but but yeah, if you're studying French in Detroit, when are you? How often are you? <laughs> it is that thing about about youth being wasted on the young, because when you try to learn stuff when you're older, when you really appreciate, it's fucking harder. And when you're young, you, you can absorb shit so easily, and you just don't care about much of anything. It's such a fucking weird, fucked <laughs> yeah. up curse.
0: It really, truly is. And like the older you get, the more you're like, oh, that's, that's not just like a joke. That's the reality of things. You're watching youth is wasted on the young. They're just like, yeah, I can do a backflip if I want to. If, if not, I'll figure it out. And I'll get up and I'll try again or I won't. I'll skateboard. And you're like, no, all of these are life-changing events for me. If any of these things happen, like if, if I try a backflip, they'll be like rest in peace or no. I'll you know, I'll yeah. forever have a limp.
1: Or if you completed it, <clears throat> you that would be your peak. You know what I mean? Like there would be... That would be like, well, that's the thing that guy was going to do. And now he's got the rest of his life. Like, a fucking 16 year old could learn how to play Eruption in like a weekend. And then, (laughs) but then, so I can imagine, you know, like people like you and I are sitting around just watching TV all the time. And people, the old people are like, don't waste you. And we're like, God, leave me alone, you know. But now I'm never going to be you. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're, now we're that guy. Now we're that. Do something. But, but the TV, it's, it really does translate. I mean, you're absorbing all this stuff. You're watching, you're basically, it's imprinting every angle of comedy onto your brain. You were basically, because of the business that you went into, it was a masterclass in comedy and writing and performing. Truly.
0: Like, I feel like my comic timing is based on the comic timing of swaths and hours and tomes of scripts of and performances of television that I've watched just so like uh you know and I have my own I feel I have my own specific like what I think is a a, like a perfect timing for things but then I think I can also play what I feel uh like like oh I want to play the the, the timing of like uh like like maybe I want the scene to like feel like head of the class and so, like, I know what the timing of that is. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> that is another show I have not thought about in many, many years. <clears throat> oh, my God. And, again, this is the weird TV trivia that stuck in my head. I know that Howard Hessman started Head of the Class and then left, and then Billy Connolly took over. Yes, he did. And I did not realize, I, as much of a comedy fan as I was in the 80s, it was very difficult. Like, import comedy was, you really had to seek it out.
0: Uh-huh. And if
1: I had known when I first started watching and Billy Connolly took over head of the class, that he was literally one of the best stand-up comedians in the fucking world. <laughs> he was popular in the United States, but not as like, he wasn't like a Eddie Murphy or a Kinison or a Seinfeld or, you know, it was like, he's yeah. huge everywhere else in Scotland. But here we were like, Oh yeah, he's pretty funny. But in, but to discover him later, I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's fucking unreal.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> just didn't know. I was like, oh well no, this is this is the show of the guy who was uh the uh the, the guy from Police Academy, the four
1: <laughs> uh, well, and he was on WKRP in Cincinnati too. Cincinnati, he was there. yes that, indeed. But that's where I think now young performers have so much advantage is that you know we thought we had it we thought we had like this whole world opened up to us because of cable tel because of domestic cable television and now people can literally watch everything from everywhere all the time anything like any topic
0: that you want to like think about or talk about you can put it on youtube and there are 50 people who have like weekly videos on it. and you're like oh yeah i can learn anything or know anything you know Uh, Now, that's not to say that everybody doing it is like doing it at the highest level, but still, the the access is there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: As someone who's watched a lot of guitar videos trying to learn how to play certain things, I'm like, I don't know if this... I'm just assuming this person knows what they're talking about. It has... Okay, it has 11,000 views. I guess it's okay. It must be decent. You know?
0: This must be what it is.
1: That's good. Like, I don't really know. But, you know, the what we had to swap out from having people tell us what to watch mm-hmm. is now we have to learn how to know what to choose to watch. Right. And that's
0: tricky. Yes, exactly. Cause they can put anything there and you're like, well, this, this is the top one.
1: So it's gotta be, it's gotta be right. It's like that right? Red- the top is always the best, right? Yeah. But you know, the top video is also like a duck farting on a baby. No, I know that, but. You know, like it's all, it's gotta be the best, right? Top is the best. Top is the course. best. And, I mean, I love Duck Farting on Baby. So, <laughs> you know, you and I could spend the next 10 years hashing out beat for beat, note for note, like just some sort of epic comedy piece that we then put up and it could get like 400 views and Duck Farting on Baby gets like a billion views. A billion views by the weekend. It's <laughs> so this leads me to my next question about comedy writing which is how do you know when you're being too precious like it feels like sometimes when the things that you're so precious about every detail you want it to be oh it's going to make this so and then those those bits where you just like ah you just throw something away and then all of a sudden it just becomes the thing you know it becomes an amazing thing what do you think that is Well I think it's when you
0: work in a vacuum sometimes you are, you're writing and performing for yourself. And that's a good thing, but being precious about it is a bad thing because in practice, it's it's like somebody being a doctor, like, oh, well, I know that performing this surgery like this is how the book says. So that's what it's gotta be. This is, but but then like the person's still flatlining. So you're like, well, that's, you gotta do something else here. That's not, this, this procedure isn't working. You know, I feel it's like that where you like it's great to be as prepared as you need to be or want to be, Um, but some and sometimes also there's something to completely giving up to the moment and be like, I know that when we get here, I'm gonna feel what this thing is is, and then we're gonna find what that is. Right. But I think when it comes to like being precious, it's wanting to like maintain control, but then like you're faced with a thing where like it does it like it doesn't translate, you know, every, it's, it's, so we're talking, we're talking about like a subjective. Right. Uh, medium. So, uh, and, and, and if it was just for you, if your art is, is truly just for you, then sure. You can be as precious as you want to be, but you're missing out. I feel from input in like, like by being, or from not being, uh, having any flow to it not being a little rubbery to allow uh, input and change, you
1: know? Because going from Second City where you're doing everything in the moment and it's sort of like, well, everything that happens is the way it happens. Yep. And we're all, you know, it's like you can sort of control what people are focusing on on the stage by who comes out, how loud they are, like what the, but Mm. then you go to a completely different, which you would think is the same kind of thing. You're doing comedy, but a completely different set of tools when you're making like Detroiters where all of a sudden you're thinking about like perspective and wh- what's the camera focused on and is this a good angle for this type of joke and what's in the background, you know, how did that change your kind of tool set? What did you learn translating from stage sketch to, I mean, I wouldn't say that Detroiters was, it was a, it was a sketch ish show. There was, a, uh-huh. there were through lines, but there were sketches. Uh, I still have the Devereaux wigs theme in my head. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a ringtone that should be a ringtone um, you should. what did you learn in that process
0: um well kind of going from second city and like sort of like uh improv and like like using improv to write sketch and those sort of things is you had the benefit of like even if you were like you you could in those moments you'd be like all right, well, you could bring a written scene because you're like, I know that I want this to go like that, you know? Uh, Or you could bring a scene that was like like beats and you're like, okay, well, I I know this is the the premise, but then like your character's this, your character's that, your character's this, or even this is a premise and there's a bunch of people at this bar and like the idea is that the TVs go out and now people have to finally like look each other and talk and like that's your premise. Go with it, you know? And you're, uh, you're sort of Test is like is the audience laughing because like, you could be like it's so good to me hey. I'm laughing at this and we're in the room laughing at this and then we do, do it on stage and they're like uh. you're like oh oh we What's got seven pressure?
1: minutes What's of this
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, and you tell like no audience you're wrong this is very good <laughs> you know so I think that uh, that humbling uh we did like kind of like is part of our. DNA. So, like, when when it came to like writing Detroiters, we still had that same sort of thing, where it's like you could be like, uh, I got, I'm picturing this joke. It's really funny, and then like nobody laughs, or they're like, or they like they laugh like this, you know? (laughs) You're like, oh, uh, well, okay, maybe you know, like that sort of. But then sometimes you're like, you don't get how I see this. Trust me, this will be good. And then, like, you can also, like, rely on the trust of them to be like, all right, well, you really do uh, see something here. And I trust you as a comedian or I trust you as a writer. So, like, let's put that thing in the show and then we'll see. Uh, and then, like, on set, you're like, oh, actually, this does work, you yeah. know, or, or like, oh, it doesn't work. But all we need to do is have the – this works – maybe we're working a wide – and then you have you have like three people there ignoring him entirely. And that makes it work, you, right. you know? Uh, you sort of like just with things like Detroiters, where we had, it wasn't just like me. It, it, there, there was Tim and there was Joe and, and Zach. So all of us are putting our minds to this thing and all of us are checking and balancing each other. That sort of helped us to not be precious on things and that sort right. of like trust in some things and knowing that, Once we get to that point, we can fix anything if need be.
1: You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds Pharmacists. Connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best Flea and Tick products for your pet. Pet Meds offers low prices on all Flea and Tick meds, including NexGuard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PodCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code podcast for 40% off your first auto ship order. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think that I think exactly what you're describing is why I hate writing alone. Because even stand up, you're, you're not you 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 do produce the material alone, but it is but it is a relationship that you form with an audience mm-hmm. who will then sort of you know you get the feedback from the audience. So it's so stand up is weirdly collaborative, even though it doesn't seem it's just the audience is just con- they're not contributing the jokes, right. but they do contribute the direction, you know, Mm -hmm. and having a good ensemble of, you know, at least one other person to be able to have that trust. And, you know, like that, I just, I don't understand people who are like, I just need to be alone to write. It's like, no, how do you not, how do you, how do you know? Like, don't, don't, how do you not like, don't you love the dog pile of like someone else jokes and then you top it and then they top it and then you top it. And then like, that's, that's so much fun.
0: So much fun. And like, then it doesn't feel weird to be like I, I sometimes I feel like if I write something and I laugh at it, then I all make I'm automatically self-conscious of, it, oh, do I think I'm the shit? So then I'm then I'm like, oh, but, you, but like, of course, you ha- I have to like enjoy it. But it feels better to have it confirmed before I put it in front of someone else. Yeah. You know, so I feel like that sort of dogpiling is so necessary. Like I, I, I want someone to beat my joke. Please beat it. Right. It only helps it. You yeah. know. And yeah, then I get credit for it anyway. Somebody's like, oh, that's brilliant. And I was like, yeah, I came up with it.
1: That, well, that, and, that, and that's, that's sort of the, that's, it, it is a school that I subscribe to, which is the comedy fan performer. So that it's not just like, hey man, I don't care who gets the best joke in this group, but just someone get the best joke, you know, like just that it comes, just that it happens. I just, as a comedy fan, I just want to be a part of it and see it happen. I don't care if I say it or you say it or she says it or that guy says it. Like someone just say it so that it's the funniest that it can be, whoever that is. Yep. I agree. That's, that's, that's my uh, credo as well. Are you writing something right now? Are you writing anything
0: right now? Uh, and I'm getting ready to, to uh, start writing a couple things things uh, collaboratively. So like, Not yet. They're in the pitch, in the pitches.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. Did you have, uh, were you, did you, were you hired as an actor for Werewolves Within or?
0: Yes, I was hired as an actor and then I I was a producer on it as well.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What did you, what did you get to do as a producer?
0: Uh, Kind of like notes on scripts or like in in certain scenes. Like I didn't feel uh, like, like if something was, I was like, Oh, the comedy of this requires this moment. I didn't feel, like, bad being like, ooh, we're missing this. We gotta do this. You, yeah. You know? And, like, of course, not stepping on Josh's toes with Josh uh, is a brilliant director. Uh, 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 Josh Rubin, who directed yeah. rules. Who also did Scare Me. Who did Scare Me, which is yeah. amazing, brilliant. But I also didn't feel any of that sort of that 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 feeling when you're like, oh, I, I, could, I could take the... I, it was, like, a little bit of best of both worlds, right, where if, if I could have a micro view of just my character at times, and I could also like look at the overall and like be like, oh, this moment doesn't work how we're doing it, I don't think. And I can talk to Josh about it and not be like, excuse me, or like a snooty actor and be like, no, I, you know, you know, it's I'm coming from a place of like feeling partially responsible for the movie <laughs> and like my name is on as a producer. So I've like got to give feedback and I've got to
1: kind of feel through it you know uh <laughs> well that's cool because i think i think a lot of people don't realize that producer can mean a lot of things like yeah. you can get a producing credit from just suggesting an act oh why don't you hire this person but if you get them then i get a pro- okay fine you get a producer like versus yeah. people who are very hands-on um, but it so and often when you i think part of the juggling act is how do you make sure that all of the voices in the room who have a say at least all kind of have the same goal in mind <laughs> right <laughs> with it, the direction of the piece <laughs>
0: yeah and like, right that's the question right and like and like, like the tears of producer and like that sort of thing and, and like hmm being aware of yourself within like the the structure of it and like taking trying to take your ego out of it and, and like the sa- the same thing like uh, of of I don't care who gets the joke as long as we get the joke yeah, that same sort of thing like as be, like being an actor and a producer in something where it's like it doesn't I don't care that like the scene makes me look like the best, I just want the scenes to be the best. And, like, as a producer, I feel more free to do that instead of, instead of being an actor and being like, ooh, can I give you a line read? Because, like, that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh,
1: uncomfortable. How about this? Woo! Can you do it like that? Uh, why, why are you, I don't know why you're...
0: Producer. I'm sorry.
1: Producer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't the produ- i did not notice the, hi, my name is producer name tag. <laughs> it's
0: a little name tag with a little badge under it. <laughs>
1: looks great, by the way, and I know uh, you mentioned Josh, and then it was written by Mishnah Wolf, mm-hmm. which was adapted from a, a VR game, um, but it, and game adaptation is tricky, can be very tricky, but this movie looks really fun. It just looks like a great, fun, fucked up werewolf kind of comedy horror movie.
0: Yeah, it, it, it really is. Like, uh, it's, I, I feel this this movie is gonna is gonna I I, I feel it's gonna do well. It's gonna be re- really loved because it's such a unique uh sort of environment that the movie takes place in, and the the vibe and the energy of it mm-hmm. is something that like kind of does harken back to like those movies that we grew up watching, but also like with like like a little bit of like Clue and yeah. like a little bit you know. Uh, but it's also very now, not, not now as in being like everybody's on their cell phones and like this, but like now in, in, in that.
1: You know. It's a little cheeky. It's like it's got, it's just got like the right amount of cheek to it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Is
1: there a Dracula in it?
0: I can't tell you that.
1: Fuck. So
0: there- there's definitely a vampire, but you don't know if he's a Dracula. <laughs>
1: Can't assume he's a. Not every vampire is a Dracula. Every
0: vampire is a Dracula.
1: A lot of vampires are not Dracula's, Your Highness. Okay, <laughs> we're not fucking the royal family. <laughs> you know, we're not the fucking Windsor of vampires over here. <laughs> fucking God, I don't know why this character's so mad. Fuck. Well, you know he's been around fucking a long time. Dracula's. I'm so sick of their fucking. They're just so entitled. The fucking he's Dracula's are so entitled to my blood. <laughs> I don't think there's anything more fun than a, than a good comedy horror movie. It's just every, every element. Cause you get the comedy and then you get jump scares and then you get the gross scares and then you just get, I don't know. It's to me, it's just always going to be the kind of movie I would want to make.
0: Yeah. It was re- it was really fun to get to do. Uh, and like get to have like those sort of moments of. Uh, uh, if like, like to, to get to play off a group and like those like suspenseful moments and then you like kind of break that with like a joke or like those sort of. I, I'm I'm the uh, the forest ranger uh, who's come to this town, so I get to have those like moments. Like, hmm, what could this mean? But I get to play those like real
1: and fun. I I, I loved it so much. Oh, that's fantastic, man! I'm so I'm so happy for you, and I'm so, you know, it's just it's so great to see people's careers blossom. It's just such a magical thing when everything fucking lines up and it makes me so happy when talented people like connect and they, and it and it works because to me that just means like, it works. It works. Nice, funny people work on things that people like, you know, it's like that means that there's a real nice balance in the world and that the business is working the way it should be. And that, that always, it it fills me with a cut because it, you know, we, there's there's a lot of rejection and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hurt and pain in the business and you never know what's going to get made. You never know what's going to get follow through, you know, it's just, it's hard. And so it's not, it's nice when it works. Yes.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: Do you, uh, uh, do you think you would ever, um, I don't know, like, teach an improv class or teach, you know, just like for fun, you know, like share some sketch writing knowledge or is that anything you've ever thought about doing? I I
0: would. I used to teach improv uh, when I, in Detroit and then in Chicago. Uh, Well, I actually didn't really teach in Chicago, but I taught when I moved out here, I was teaching improv and, and, and sketch. But I think I'd like to do it, you know, here and there now, just kind of, it's always like teaching is always like a great way to like kind of check in on yourself too. And like watching people learn it is a way to also be like, Oh, that's something I'm missing as well. You, you know, like it's, it's always like a nice uh, or like an interesting sort of reflection. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I'd, I'd, I'd be down. I, I, I think I'd
1: enjoy it. Last two questions. Number one, what song did you do on comedy jam? Cause I saw that you did comedy oh, jam. Oh,
0: I did. I did ballroom blitz with Tia Carrera. Oh
1: shit. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was great. It was really fun.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know if there was one or two seasons of that show, but I did the first season. Oh yeah. And it, and it was, was it one of the most fun things you've ever done? One of
0: the most fun things I've ever done. And my high school, like one of my best friends in high school was in the band. I didn't even know he would play in that band. And I was like, I was like, Jeff, he was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Oh my god!" He plays the violin in the band, and so we. <laughs> oh
1: my god! It's the dude who can sleep with his eyes open.
0: <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, I'm asleep right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to promote? Anything else? Anything else I can do to help your amazing career? Please, what? Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, check out my my Instagram. I post on there every now and then. <laughs> the sam richardson uh my twitter sam richardson uh the tomorrow war uh comes out on amazon prime uh july 2nd oh that looks awesome by the way it's it's really fun it's it's like a real huge fun popcorn action movie you know uh that's that's that i'm really excited for that and well, then, yeah, yeah and then uh june 25th in theaters and
1: july 2nd on vod it's so nice to hear that phrase again in theaters yeah we have a few less of them here in los angeles i don't know what city you're in but in los angeles we have a few less of them than we used to have (laughs) yeah i think they'll come back around (laughs) yes indeed i think so too all right uh sam it's wonderful to talk to you. And uh, yeah, and I'll, I don't know, you know, uh, I guess if there's a big Comedy Central reunion at some point, someday we'll recreate that magical photo. Yes. Get everyone together again. <laughs> yes, please. Good to see you, Sam. Good to see you, Chris. Bye. Bye. ID 10T Skinning Complete. Enjoy your burrito.